You're listening to the Armchair GM Sports Network. How's it going, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another installment of Straight to the Extra Point, right here on the Armchair GM Sports Network, your October 5th, 2019 edition, your source for North American sports coverage by sports fans, for sports fans, delivered to you right here in the Niagara region. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Armchair GM Pod. Like us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Armchair GMs Network. Listen to us live on Spreaker or on demand at Spreaker.com slash the Armchair GMs, all one word, as well as on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcast, iHeartRadio, CastBox, and Stitcher Radio by searching the Armchair GM's network. So we're on many different platforms for you, and whichever one is most convenient for you to listen to us. And as always, I'm one of your hosts of Straight to the Extra Point, Cappy. You can follow me on Twitter at Caputs13 with a Canadian Z. And I'm always pleased, sometimes pleased, to be joined by my co-host for today's episode. He is Adam Dixon, former OUA athlete and Vanier Cup champion for the McMaster Marauders, and... Philadelphia Eagles fan, how's it going, man? Well, I'm doing good, buddy. How you doing? Yeah, I'm not doing so great as far as uh, NFL goes. No. <sighs> Your team did well, at least. Oh yeah. So, makes <laughs> makes one. I told, you, I told you before we, you know, the Eagles were gonna win. It was the Thursday yeah. game, right? So that two point conversion was missed. Would have hit that two score threshold that I was saying. Yeah. So, Adam, uh, give us an update on your uh, 10,000 fantasy fantasy football teams. How, how are they going? Uh, uh, not too bad. Uh, one's real bad. I think I'm in 10th, which is bad because my points four is, like, third. <laughs> it's, a, it's a terrible thing. Like, mostly I'm in the top four or five. Wow. But there's, like, a, there's a dearth of wide receivers right now. Yeah. There's, like, nothing. And usually there's no tight ends, but there are no receivers either. Yeah, well, I know what it's like to have high hopes and be in the basement. I'm an Atlanta Falcons fan, so. (laughs) Uh, Anyways, so if we go over our uh, week four betting odds from last week, Adam, it was a pretty good week for us. Uh, As far as the spreads go, uh, I went 6-8-1. The Indy and Oakland game was a push. Uh and you went seven seven and one, so you technically won the spreads last week by one game. Oh yeah! And that one game was the Eagles. <laughs> no, I picked the Eagles actually in that oh, game too. Oh. Yeah, I picked the Atlanta Falcons, and you picked mm. the Tennessee Titans. So that was the difference. Oh yes, yes. Forgot about so, that. <laughs> just uh, just remember that Atlanta's one win this season came against Philadelphia. So. <laughs> Yeah, I'll remember that when we're hoisting Lombardi. Yeah. Okay, Mr. Carson Wentz MVP. Oh, right. tell me tell me the MVP campaign is not real for him. That you campaign is as dead against Green Bay. That campaign is as dead as Beto O'Rourke's in the United States. I'm sorry. Uh a good Green Bay defense and made him look like they're friggin' Uh, a D2. Defense. Oh my, what's <laughs> with you in the D2? Does everybody got to be D2? I mean, they, it didn't look like they were playing NFL defense on that Thursday night. I mean, is Miami's defense an NFL defense? 
That's that's actually I mean, probably a good question. I mean that that's one you could say maybe would be a college you know, a college defense. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, uh for the over unders, we actually both had a great week. We went ten and five for the over unders, so if you listen to us and picked over unders, you might have made some money last week. Yeah, nice. And as for the survivor, uh Adam has passed away for the second time this season. Uh, unfortunately with his pick of the Minnesota Vikings who uh, seem to be a disaster right now although I picked Minnesota too in our in our uh, league or our pickums here and they didn't do me any favors either uh, but I am still a survivor going into week five with my pick of the Jacksonville Jaguars my Jacksonville Jaguars that I hyped up throughout the whole you know off season about how great they were going to be and then they've been pretty mediocre to, to say the least Nick Foles went out but you know what I picked them against the lonely Denver Broncos last week and they pulled it out by two they didn't cover the spread but they kept me surviving yeah there you go so we'll see how that goes going into this week but uh Adam, let's talk about some stuff that happened in week four. Obviously, we did the show on uh, Thursday afternoon, uh, or Thursday, I can't remember, Thursday in the, I can't remember last week. Did we do it on Wednesday or Thursday? I don't remember. Either way, we got the show in so that you could predict the Philadelphia Eagles Thursday night game. Yeah, Yeah, we did Wednesday. It was good. Yep. I think you did that on purpose. But, yeah, so the Eagles pulled out a big win in Green Bay there on the Thursday night game. Uh, Do you have anything you wanted to talk about with that game? I mean that that's just like what the the Eagles offense should look like just powering the run, right? I think 170 yards on the ground or something like that. And then I mean Wentz only had 160 yards, but he didn't really need to throw for much. We had some good field position. Um it was like overall like the defense made some plays, special teams. It's a great game. Oh. Uh, great game, uh, I guess. That, that goal line stand, um, first on the one-yard line, holding him out, and then the offense being able to take it out to, like, the 50 um, and chew away clock, and then stopping them again and picking – or, uh, uh, you know, stopping them again, picking them off. Like, that was unbelievable for our defense that was being victimized uh, early in the game. Yep, and they were able to pull it out in the end, and yeah. and uh, you know they're looking like they're getting back on the right path here, the Eagles. Although their secondary is uh, you know still question mark, but we'll have to see how that goes. The NFC. Yeah, Jordan Howard finally showed up uh, as well. Yeah. I was able yeah, to scoop. I, I, was, I would love if the Eagles used him more. I, I was able to scoop him up in our fantasy pool, so I'm hope I'm actually hoping for yeah. big things from Jordan Howard because my yeah. running backs are shaky. <laughs> The Lord knows, yeah. Back. Lord knows that I need a, a stable running back right now. Anyways, moving on to uh, another dumpster fire game. We had the Tennessee Titans at the uh, Atlanta Falcons, and uh, I'm not going to talk about this game. So uh, we're moving on to the New Orleans Saints uh, against the Dallas Cowboys. Sure. Uh, New Orleans Saints, uh, you know, didn't even score a touchdown and still won this game, twelve to ten. As a Cowboys hater, Adam. What can you yep. say about this game on Sunday night? Uh, all I can say is uh, that seems more reflective of that team. <laughs> Everyone's so high on the Cowboys. I don't get it. Like, they, they beat up on some of the worst teams in the league. <laughs> Three of the bottom five teams in the league. And all of a sudden, they're Super Bowl contenders? I don't, I don't think so. No, you're, I you're, think, especially right now, if, if there's a defense that can take away uh, 
What's his name? Amari Cooper? You can just stack the box and just stop the run. Because they don't really have much else. Michael Gallup, whenever he comes back, may help, but I don't know. He's just galloping away on the uh, injury, injury list right now. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, game. I mean, as much as I don't like the Saints, uh, they were able to get the job done. Their defense played very well. Um, I don't think the uh, the Cowboys' offense played near as well as they could um, in this game either. But New Orleans, I think this is the first time that they've won a game without scoring a touchdown in the Sean Payton-Drew Brees era. So, Yeah, I think so, yeah. Uh, it's pretty incredible uh, when you think about it. If the Saints don't score a touchdown, you don't really expect them to win a game. But, you know, their defense is, is a lot better than what it used to be. Uh, their defense never used to be able to win them games, but now clearly uh, it, it is. So uh, good for the Saints as much as I don't like them, but they're able to do it without, with their backup quarterback in there, although I think Teddy Bridgewater is a pretty serviceable backup. Um, yeah. oh, they're, uh, everyone talks about... Like you hear a lot about the Eagles having the deepest roster in the league, but and like one of the best rosters. But the Saints also have an unbelievable roster, just like top to bottom. Yeah, unfortunately, I don't. I hate to admit it, but they 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 do. Uh, we'll move on to a game that uh, I actually predicted that uh, Cleveland would come out with a, a good performance this week after the whole, or sorry, last week after the whole, you know. Uh, controversy with the Rams game about the play calling late in the game and the decision making by Baker Mayfield and Cleveland goes into Baltimore and I think this is a very big statement game for them to like this was like going to make or break their season I think Um, and they went into Baltimore against the first place team in their division and they put a whooping on the Ravens 40 to 25 yeah I mean yeah they just beat up on them I don't know what's going on with that Ravens defense because uh, the Browns had trouble scoring every other game this season, right? Even against like a team like the Jets, they had trouble. But I don't know. There's something not right in the Baltimore defense. And I mean, Lamar Jackson and, and Hollywood Brown had that unbelievable Week One, and like they've had they put together good weeks, but this was not one of Lamar Jackson's best performances against Cleveland. But I really think that Cleveland, uh, like they really like wanted this game more. And because of the way that the season had been going for them to kind of solidify yeah. that they are as good as people were helping them up to be in the preseason and the off season. And, you know, good, good for them. I mean, yeah. uh, Nick Chubb absolutely went off. I think he had over 200 yards rushing. So at least it keeps that division competitive as well. Cause if, if they had, uh, if Baltimore had won, they'd be three and one, like, you know, they'd be two games ahead of both the Browns and the Steelers. Like it, it probably wouldn't be as interesting. Now the whole division is, well, apart from the, the Bengals, but there's there's a chance for anyone in that division now. Like it's kept it tight. So Yeah, except for also. Pittsburgh. I think they're pretty much out of it. But uh, with, with, uh, with their injuries and what's been going on there. Yeah. But uh, we'll move on here, talking about the New England Patriots on the road against the Buffalo Bills. And this ended up being a very, very good game. Um, I, you know, Bill, us being living in this area, Bill's Mafia has just been, you know, running wild lately. Uh, 
and they, you know, were pretty confident going into this game, although the Patriots have always owned the Bills, especially Tom Brady has always owned the Bills in Buffalo. He has more wins than any Bills quarterback combined uh, at that stadium, uh, just to give you a perspective. But um, although New England did win this game by six, I think the Bills really showed everybody that they, uh, they, aren't, uh, they aren't a joke this year and that their defense is all-world. Yeah, their, their defense is rock solid, which is, uh, you know, I don't even know. Their offense needs needs some work, but their defense is rock solid. Yeah, what did you think of the whole of the Josh Allen hit, which led to the concussion? Um, I mean, like it wasn't a good. It's obviously wasn't a clean hit, but I mean, I don't know if it's. I wouldn't call it a dirty hit, right? Like I don't. I don't think it was. Uh, like it doesn't look like you know. Sometimes you see a guy make like a really dirty hit. That one didn't seem that dirty. Like the first down marker was right around there. They're trying to hold them. I think it was a third down. I think they're trying to hold them. Yep. I mean, you know, like, I guess stuff happens. Like I don't think he meant to take a headshot, but. No, I mean, Bills fans were reacting that, it, you know, it could have been called helmet-to-helmet, helmet, this and that. But if you look at the hit and compare it to the Vontae's perfect hit uh, on o- from Oakland, um, I mean, that one was a, a complete targeting hit, and it was a lot different. I think just Allen kind of, like, lowered his shoulder, lowered his head and his shoulders, and just the way that the defender was coming at him. Like, Adam, you know as a football player, like, if you're going full speed at a guy, like, that's a split second where you don't really have time to hold up and you just end no. up hitting the guy. Yeah, you can't really change at that point, so... No. I mean, that's the whole controversy with, like, the point of contact or, like, the hitting zone of the, you know, the defensive lineman attacking the quarterback. It's like, it's like a split-second decision, and how can you tell... How can a 300-pound guy coming at you just stop on a dime and not hit the quarterback, you know, but... Yeah, exactly. Uh, that's a discussion for another day. But I think the Bills really uh, had Tom Brady under duress all day, and yep. they they got a lot of key stops to try to give the Bills a chance late in that game. And who knows if they would have had Josh Allen in there instead of uh, instead of uh, Matt Barkley, they might have had a chance to win that game at the end. But Matt Barkley just could not uh, get the ball down the field at all against obviously uh, the Super Bowl champions. So but, that bad defense too, though. Yeah, exactly. Like the Bills couldn't do anything with or without Josh Allen. Yep. Really, even when he was in, they picked him off a couple times, I think. And they were just on fire. Yeah, Allen had a pretty rough first half um, when, when he that, was in that's there. That's probably the, the, one of the most uh, threatening things about the Pats right now is in what's one of, what was one of Tom Brady's worst games of all time. They can still win 16-10. Yep. Because the because the strength of their defense, and it seems like the defense is is what Belichick is building that team around now. Um, yeah, not relying on Tom Brady. And uh, quick injury note: they lost their kicker Stephen Goskowski for the rest of the season, and yeah. Mike Nugent has been uh, signed and won the job for the kicker Mike of the New England Patriots. Wasn't he like the Bears or something before? Uh, he was a longtime kicker for the Bengals. I think I can't remember who he. Ki- I think he kicked a little bit for Oakland last year, but. Um, was on the unemployment line, and I think he beat out a few other guys who I, I can't remember at this point uh, for the tryout. But So Mike Nugent is yeah. now the kicker for New England. Moving on, uh, it was actually ended up being a very competitive game, which I didn't expect, was the Kansas City Chiefs on the road against the Detroit Lions. Um, Patrick Mahomes had to get a late score in that game uh, with under a minute left in the game to uh, 
go up by four points and to get Kansas City uh, the lead in that game. Um, I've been, you know, hard on Detroit all year. I thought they were a pretending team uh, beating up on a San Diego, sorry, Los Angeles Chargers team that always has a bad game against a bad team. But, I mean, they put up some good performances. I mean, they barely lost to the Chiefs. They beat the Eagles. I mean, I know you don't want to hear that, but then they beat the Chargers. And, you know, they they tied in week one against Arizona. But this Detroit team seems like they're kind of proving people wrong and that they, they, they can contend with these big teams. Yeah, and, and the same thing applies that I said about the like the uh, the AFC North. Like the same thing applies here. Like it's it's a tight division. They're still in it, right? Like Green Bay just lost. Who knows what's gonna happen with the Bears. Like I mean their defense is good, but if they go up against a competent offense, um, the Bears won't be able to move the ball. Like the Lions could actually realistically make a run at the division title. Like they're in position right now. Yep, and with, two, two, one, and one. Yeah, they're and, still in it. And what's so. what, what's going on with Minnesota and the Bears right now? There's a lot of question marks on both of those teams. So yeah. it's it's actually more wide open than I thought. And I did not think that Detroit would have any factor on this division, but they're proving me and probably a lot of other people wrong going into the season, looking at the other teams uh, in that division. But uh, good performance by the Lions, although they did get the loss, but it's against Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, so uh, good for them, and they'll probably take something from that game positive. Uh, The Carolina Panthers, with their backup quarterback, Kyle Allen, were able to go into Houston and win that game 16-10. I don't know what's going on with Houston. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins is not getting the ball. Uh, The running game, obviously losing Lamar Miller. They've got Carlos Hyde in there uh, now that they picked up off the street uh, after he was cut by about three other teams. And Duke Johnson as the pass catching running back, but it just seems like that Houston offense isn't clicking. Yeah, the, the, I don't know. I, I I don't know if it's uh, yeah. I don't, I don't know what's going on with them. They had a rough game the week before too, right? Yeah, they struggled to put up points in that game. But, but I don't know if Deshaun Watson is just a little streaky, and he just he's gonna have his highs, but he's gonna have pretty lows, like uh, low lows as well. So, I don't know. I, I'm interested to see what they do this week. Yeah, I mean, it's just, you look at Houston, and they have a lot of talent on that team, and it just seems like they they underperform with the talent that they have. I mean, you have DeAndre Hopkins. They traded for Kenny Stills. They have Kiki Kuti as their other uh, receiver as well. So it's like there's no reason why the talent isn't there with Deshaun Watson, at quarterback, to be able to get it done. And their defense, I mean, it's not what it once was, but it's still a pretty serviceable defense, in my opinion. And Carolina, with a rookie quarterback, was able to go in there and come out with a win 16-10. to That uh, that scares me for Houston, although it seems like two underperforming teams are going to play next this week coming up, and Atlanta's traveling to Houston. So we'll have to see how that goes, because I feel like they're both in the same boat for me this year. But... Um, so Carolina has won two games with uh, Kyle Allen as their quarterback. So even if Cam Newton's healthy, if he comes back and Kyle Allen's still winning games, can you, Adam, do you think that they can even take Cam Newton out or uh, take Kyle Allen out and put Cam Newton back in if he continues to win games? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I think they they have to, right? Like, they, like Cam Newton has been an MVP quarterback. Right now, if there's legitimate health concerns around him, they could still, like, they can keep him out as long as they want if Kyle Allen's doing well. But, I mean, there's no way Cam Newton can be benched, I wouldn't think. 
Yeah, but as long as he's healthy and he's actually telling the truth about his health, because obviously that was uh, something that Ron Rivera was unaware of, was how bad his inj- the extent of his injury actually was. So uh, we'll yeah. have to see how that progresses and goes forward. But Kyle Allen's doing a pretty good job right now. He's 2-0 and uh, right. here for the Panthers, so uh, good for him. And their defense is playing well too, right? Yeah, their defense is always pretty solid under Riverboat Ron, so that's usually never a concern. But uh, it's always the, it's the you know, the – Tipping of the scales is always comes down to their offense. If their offense is good, or if their offense is bad, and that that's usually what wins or lo- wins or loses them the game. So, no. uh, but yeah, Kyle Allen's doing a pretty good job right now. We got the Oakland Raiders actually going into Indy, a shocking win, thirty-one to twenty-four. Uh, wow. Uh, like the Raiders, the Raiders can generate some offense, I guess. Apparently, not playing a, a like a, a good de- like a very good defense. Like the Colts are pretty good on defense, but they're not one of the top units. No. So, I mean, in Oakland, I think they just got back Richie Incognito, like, last week or the week before. So, I bet you they're just going to start running the ball like crazy. Yeah. I mean, Oakland's defense actually stepped up in this game. Uh, they had an interception return by Eric Harris uh, in the fourth quarter, and right. they held Marlon Mack to 39 yards rushing. So yeah. uh, if you do that, well, you're going to have a pretty well, good chance to win. Sorry? I'm well aware of how uh, few uh, fantasy points Marlon Mack scored yes, last I did. I didn't want to talk about it, but, yes, I had Marlon Mack as well. Yeah. But – um, good for the Raiders. I mean, Derek Carr didn't turn the ball over, and, you know, he didn't have a great game. He only threw for 189 yards, two touchdowns, but he just did enough for them to win the game. And, you know, uh, they got a, they got some pretty good uh, help from their running backs. They had Trevor Davis at a 60-yard touchdown run, and Josh yeah. Jacobs rushed for almost 80 yards. So they just did what they had to do to win this game on the road against, a, a, I think, is a good Colts team still. And, and and again with these two teams, like a lot of these divisions are are very close through the first four weeks. Yep, which is good. And like it'll keep it'll keep it exciting for a long time. And the last division is the Pats. Really, that's they're running away with them. <laughs> yeah, like, well, yes. Well, I wouldn't say running like the Bills are still there, but I mean the Jets are pretty much done this year, and the Dolphins are a D two team. So, <laughs> uh, if. Those couldn't beat him at home. They're not going to beat him in Foxborough. What do you, what do we we got to quickly talk about this because it was one of the big topics of this week was the Vontez perfect hit on Jack Doyle. Adam, do you think that the <laughs> the season long suspension that was handed out to Vontez perfect was warranted? I mean, yeah, I I didn't like I saw the hit, but I wasn't really paying attention. I haven't seen it since. Um, either way, like twelve games is a lot. Like I think that's a little heavy handed. Like, you know, even he has a history, sure. But his last suspension was, what, three games or something? I think this is more of a statement just for the fact that he is a multiple-time offender um, and it was the type of hit that they're trying to remove from the game. So I just think they just used him as an example of we're not going to allow this stuff to happen. Um, I mean, John Gruden came out and defended his player, which he should as the head coach, and said that it you know it was bogus, it shouldn't be a season-long suspension He's a key key player for them on defense, but again, when it's Vontez perfect and he's got a he's got a record, it's that's going to go against him, unfortunately. And just I think it was a pretty brutal hit compared to the Josh Allen hit, which I don't think was an intentional targeting hit. I just think Vontez perfect just plays right near the edge, and sometimes he's able to stay on the right side of the edge, and sometimes he just crosses the line too much, and 
And yes. for this, it cost him the rest of his season. So we'll have to see how that affects Oakland's defense, who is already slim uh, to start with. You know, they're they're a pretty young team on defense, and they've had some key yeah. injuries to some of their secondary players. And and then now you lose Vontez Perfect, who's basically like a leader for them and uh, for their linebacking core. That's going to be tough for them to overcome. Yeah, well, yeah. Either way, like it's it's still heavy handed. I think it's still too long, but he's definitely had some very nasty hits. Yep. And I mean, yeah. I guess I saw something the other day. They actually found other another hit or something in that game where he went helmet to helmet, and it wasn't seen or something. So they're using that as additional uh, evidence to say that no, like he should be suspended for twelve games. Yeah, which like is how he plays. That's an interesting point. Um, yeah, I, but, I didn't see. I didn't see it. I just saw. I got an update from uh, one of my apps. Yep. So we'll move we'll quickly. Move on to this game. I don't know. There's much to talk about the Chargers and the Dolphins. Uh, the Char- Chargers ended up covering. All I can say is that luckily yeah. the Chargers didn't throw out a stinker against bad teams, which they're known to do. Uh, yeah. Miami continues to uh, go with their plan to tank for Tua. So. Uh, all the power to Miami with all their draft picks they're accumulating. So we'll move on to the the Giants pulling out the win against the Redskins, 24-3. to The Redskins seem like an absolute disaster right now. Uh, yeah. There's reports in Washington saying that Jay Gruden didn't want to pick Dwayne Haskins and he was over o- overwritten by um, the ownership. Yeah. And now Colt McCoy, shout out former Longhorn Hook'em Horns, Colt McCoy <laughs> is now starting this week for the Washington Redskins. And with their big 0-4 record this week, um, getting blown out by a Giants team who everybody expected to be one of the worst teams in football this year. Obviously, that was with Eli Manning at quarterback. Daniel Jones has done a pretty good job in his first two starts. Uh, obviously, they don't have Saquon Barkley either, who is, uh, seems like he's progressing a lot quicker than everybody thought he would with his high ankle sprain. But, yeah. Adam, these are two teams in your division, two probably bottom-feeding teams in your division. What do you think? What, what can you say about this game? Um, I mean, I feel bad for Jay Gruden. Like he's had, I mean, he's been the Redskins coach for what five years, six years, something like that. I mean, in that time, he may have had RG three, which <laughs> is not great after his injury, and then he had Kirk Cousins, who everyone seemed to think he was a great quarterback, but he knew wasn't the answer, right? Which and everyone is now realizing now that he's in Minnesota. And then he finally gets Alex Smith. And Alex Smith is is like a winner. I love I love Alex Smith. Just games. And they actually were doing decent last year. And then Alex Smith breaks a leg. <laughs> and then and now they they have like, you know, they have a rookie there. They have Case Keenum, who is obviously not the answer. And yeah, I just feel bad for him. He's always had bad quarterback situations. Like how many how many head coaches have had that bad of a quarterback situation over five six years? Yeah, it's pretty rough when they can't really get them a quarterback. But I mean, Dwayne Haskins, the jury's still out on him. I still think he has a lot of potential, uh, but it just seems like with this Redskins team, it's just he's, his development is going to be hindered a little bit uh, with what he's got to play with right now and. Obviously, Washington doesn't even know what they want to do because of this report that Gruden doesn't even want Dwayne Haskins and Case Keenum's in there. And then now you're not even starting either of them this week. You're starting the third-string quarterback, Colt McCoy, who we all know have, has had a pretty rough go as, in the, as an NFL quarterback. So, 
Yeah, I, I can't imagine he's the head coach again after this season. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be tough to say that that he would be, but the Redskins continue to just slide down the standings. All right. Yeah. Um, the Seattle Seahawks had a pretty easy game against the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, Seattle looks pr- pretty good this year, obviously. <clears throat> Excuse me, the big Thursday night win that they had the this past week against or the other uh, two days ago against the Rams. Yeah. Um, but there's not much. Talk about that game in week in our week five discussion. Yeah, we'll talk about that after. Okay. But right. uh, but yeah, they had a pretty easy win against the Cardinals, who were obviously in a rebuilding mode with uh, rookie quarterback, rookie head coach. But they're just trying to continue to just uh, develop. Um, into into pros at this point, so can't say much about Arizona. That they're, they're you know they're a young team. They're they're learning. They're they're playing against a very very good team in Seattle. So uh, they just yeah, the, the only thing I, I don't really like about them um, right now. I mean they're just not scoring. Like they brought in an offensive head coach. They're supposed to have uh, like a pretty solid. At least they're specialists on offense. And they're not scoring points. I think apart from that first week where they put up 27, have they even breached 20 points since then? Don't. It's pretty tough to say that they have. Yeah, I, I don't think – I actually don't think they have. I think 10, 16, and maybe 20 right on. That's that's not promising for, for right now. Like, you, you would hope they'd be putting up more points. Yeah, no, they lost uh... – 38 to 20 to Carolina. They lost 23 17 to Baltimore, and they tied 27 27 to Detroit. So they have been putting up some points, but obviously their defense is not good enough to win them games and to keep them, you know, or to have, give them a chance to win games, uh, even if the offense can't put up some points. So again, yeah. Arizona falls to 0 3 and 1, but I mean, that's to be expected. But like you said, uh, you'd like to see a little bit more from that offense uh, because of you know Cliff Kingsbury coming in with yeah. the first overall pick, Kyler Murray, and supposed to have this you know revolutionary type offense, and we haven't really seen that yet. So no, but again, they're yeah, both they're, nice to see it. yeah they're both rookies, so I mean it might take some time for them to get adjusted to the NFL. Uh, next, we got the Chicago Bears and the Minnesota Vikings. Oh boy. Uh, we both picked Minnesota uh, last week, and again, I've been really high on the Vikings uh, all season, and they let me down again this week. Uh, Sixteen to six against the Magic Mitchless Chicago Bears. Oh boy! Yeah, I don't even really know what to say. Minnesota, <laughs> like you, you have the the controversy with Adam Thielen, you know, basically calling out Kirk Cousins, saying that he hasn't been get he wants to get the ball more. And that Kirk Cousins needs to just throw it down the field instead of trying to just run the ball with Dalvin Cook, which Dalvin Cook's a very good running back. But you have Adam Thielen and Stephon Diggs down the field. You need to throw the ball. Well, at a minimum, I, I'm not saying they have to throw the ball, but they they need they should be able to. I mean, you're talking about what may be the best one-two punch a receiver in the league, and they can't throw the ball. But that's that's how the second week in a row they've struggled to move the ball through the air. And I, I mean, Mike Zimmer is always known as a defensive coach, and you know, run the ball, this and that. But with the the weapons that Minnesota has, and with the quarterback that everybody thinks Kirk Cousins should be, they should be a very balanced offense. Like with the running running game with Dalvin Cook leading or setting up the big plays to Thielen or Diggs down the field from Kirk Cousins, and that's just not happening right now for them. Yeah, no, it's it's, it's un- and I mean, 
you seen Diggs this week is talking about trading, like trying to get traded and possible possible sitting out. It, it has the look and feel right now of a team that's already falling apart, and it's only four weeks in. Yeah, I mean they, they have they just look like they're falling apart. They have high expectations, so obviously that hurts because they know they have the talent and it's just the last couple weeks have been pretty rough I mean you got to give the Bears defense credit I mean they're obviously one of the best if if not the best defense in the entire league uh, top three for sure Um, so they were able to shut down the Vikings but at the same time that Vikings team should be able to put up more than six points yeah no definitely um, with the injury to sorry Um, I'm good the injury to Mitch Trubisky obviously is going to hurt Chicago. Maybe it won't hurt Chicago. Maybe it'll make them better. Who knows? But uh, they win this game 16-6. to uh, we got a few more games to cover here. Tampa Bay, wow, on the road uh, playing the L.A. Rams, putting up a 55 spot um, on the Super Bowl. Uh, one of the Super Bowl favorites in the NFC, uh, the L.A. Rams. I couldn't – I can't – I still, like, thought I was dreaming when I saw the score of this game. Yeah. Yeah, uh, uh, it was crazy. I mean, you you got to talk about it since you're always hyping up Bruce Arians and what he can do for quarterbacks. I mean, it, I, well, I don't know if it's happening yet. It's a little early to say, but I mean, <laughs> he threw for a whole bunch. Their defense, I mean, I think a good story is their defense, too. Their defense has been not as bad as you would think. I mean, they gave up 40 points, but that's not necessarily a bad thing considering – they were they had like a healthy lead most of the game, and that they got that pick six at the end of the game as well when they needed it. Right, mm-hmm. the Rams were within five points, and then the Bucks get a pick six. Like I don't know, you know actually it was uh, a it was a fumble recovery touchdown by Ndamukong oh, Su. Okay, yeah, fumble recovery. The former Ram to yeah. seal it. Um, I, mean, I mean, I'd be more concerned about the Rams. They yeah. they squeaked out a couple of wins I think towards the beginning and, and the one against Cleveland like, beat up again by the Bucks at home. Jared Goff man threw through three picks in this game. Yeah. Uh, I mean he threw for five hundred and seventeen yards. He threw the ball forty five or completed forty five of sixty eight passes in this game, but again three picks. Uh, one of them being. Uh, you know, the the fumble that he had, which led to the touchdown to seal the game by Nadam Kongsu. Um, Jameis Winston, although he threw for 385 yards, four touchdowns, had a good game, he almost tried to get the Rams back in this game. I mean, he threw the pick six to Marcus Peters in the fourth quarter. Yeah. And, you know, Jameis Winston still, I think, needs to learn how to close out games and manage the ball uh, late in games to try to keep his team uh, with the lead and not try to do too much leading to turnovers or scores the other way. Um, yeah. But it, if he can, you know, bring those down, then Tampa Bay actually might be a threat um, in the NFC eventually. Um, yeah. Like you said about their defense, I mean, you've been praising Todd Bowles the whole season about how uh, he's able to, been able to turn that defense around as a, a very good defensive coordinator. You know, the head coaching gig he had for the Jets uh, kind of didn't go his way, but um, he's turned that defense from what it was with Mike Smith last year um, from one of the worst defenses in NFL history into one that just was able to hold off the LA Rams who was a team that made it to the Super Bowl last year and has gotten the Bucks to a 2-2 two and two record so uh, a lot of credit needs to be given to Todd Bowles like you said although they gave it 40 points um, they were able to get it done yeah exactly it was so, a good game too yeah I mean it was an exciting game late in the game I watched the fourth quarter of this game and 
you know, like I said, Jameis Winston tried to give the game away, but then Jared Goff decided to give the game away himself. So uh, not good yeah. uh, for the Rams the last two weeks. And lastly, the Jacksonville Jaguars going into Denver. I didn't see much of this game, although the Jags were able to win by two points, and Denver continues to uh, disappoint everybody. Uh, even, you know, it's hard to win in mile high uh, usually, but uh, two teams have gone in there and, and won games already against them. So uh, they lost. They also lost Bradley Chubb for the rest of the season, so there goes one of their, their great defensive players. So the Broncos at 0-4 uh, just seems like a throwaway season for them at this point. Yeah, and I mean, what's even worse is like, uh, like there's there's other. I mean, apart from the Dolphins, right? Like, there's not a team I would want to watch less than the Denver Broncos. What about like, the Tennessee just, Titans? I mean, uh, I don't know. At least, at least it looks like they have a chance to pop off sometimes, like they did last week, and get some points and move the ball. I will say that Jacksonville game, the one thing that was great was uh, Leonard Fournette. Love it. Oh, I yeah, he went him, off for rushing. I forgot like, about that. I picked him in so many fantasy pools. I was singing his praises all of August. I just kept saying, oh, yeah, I got to have him. I, I just need him. And then he wasn't doing all that much. Then all of a sudden, 225 yards. Yeah, great. exploded. I totally forgot about that. So, yeah, Leonard Fournette had a career game for sure on the ground. For Jacksonville, and the rookie quarterback there, Menchu, uh, continues, or Uncle Rico, whatever they want to call him, he continues to uh, give them chances to win games. So, yeah. uh, the Jags' defense just doesn't seem like it, you know, it's as great as I was hyping them up to be, but uh, the whole Jalen Ramsey thing, apparently his uh, trade request w- won't be um, uh, won't be approved, so we'll have to see how that goes going yeah, forward. He's not even playing, he hasn't played the last two weeks, I don't yeah. think. He didn't play last week. He's not playing tomorrow. He's coming up with all these excuses now that he's sick and this and that. But anyways, yeah. last game of the night uh, on Monday night was the Steelers and Bengals. This is a pretty bad game. Uh, two uh, bottom-feeding teams in the NFC North or AFC North right now, and Pittsburgh finally looked somewhat decent, uh, although Juju Smith-Schuster still hasn't been able to get going with the yards and Mason Rudolph, a quarterback, they beat up on a, a pretty bad Cincinnati Bengals team this week. So, uh, Adam, do you have anything to say about this game? Uh, I mean, the Steelers' defense played well. That was like they're all over uh, Andy Dalton. I know the Bengals have what may be the worst offensive line in the league because of retirements and injuries and stuff. But I don't know; they just looked they looked real good. Yeah, they're really yeah, defense. There really yeah, isn't much to say about this game. Yeah, I mean, you're looking at the sacks. Uh, yeah, they had eight sacks, yep, to zero yeah. for the Bengals. So pretty rough times in Cincinnati right now. Shout out to our buddy Chico, who's uh, actually going to the Bengals game this week. So uh, hopefully he doesn't get completely embarrassed in his first time in the jungle. So, but, uh, but yeah, Andy Dalton just continues to not look like an NFL quarterback anymore. I mean, the guy can't even throw a touchdown pass against a uh, Steelers team that was 0-3 coming in, threw a pick, 171 yards. Just look, Andy Dalton, I'm so, like, for Bengals fans, I really hope that they end up finishing bottom three so they can possibly have a chance to draft Tua because I think they really, really need to change the scenery with that quarterback there. Yeah, they, they, they certainly do. Yep. Um, again, I, I I glanced over that Tennessee-Atlanta game. I really don't want to get in a bad mood right now and talk about it. Uh, 
I'm just going to say that Atlanta just continues to kick themselves in the foot with bad penalties and bad decision-making. Uh, i got to give Mar- Marcus Mariota credit in the first half. He actually looked like a, an NFL quarterback for once, uh, throwing you know good touchdown passes to A.J. Brown, a couple of them, and he was able to move the ball down the field. Second half, he did much of nothing, but uh, Atlanta just couldn't get anything going. And Again, I continue to question what Dan Quinn's doing on defense and I question what they're trying to do on offense as well because they're, you know the play calling and the offensive line has uh, been decimated as of late. Matt Ryan's got no time in the pocket. Anytime they throw some sort of blitz or uh, pressure on him, uh, that offensive line crumbles like a like a cookie. So uh, Atlanta's got to figure it out big time, or uh, not just for me, but for you know anybody who picked them or has fantasy players on their team. It's just going to be a long rough season for a team that had a lot of high expectations so that's all i'm going to say about atlanta they continue to disappoint me this season um so yeah with that being said that's our week four recap and we're going to take a quick commercial break and come back with our week five betting odd picks we'll be right back here on the armchair gm sports network Carmine's Pizzeria Italiano, serving Italian pizzas made with the freshest top quality ingredients. Loaded subs and our famous chicken wings, winners of the 2017 Reader's Choice Awards and the brand new recipients of the 2019 Reader's Choice Diamond Award from Niagara this week for Best Pizza in Niagara Falls. Open daily located on the corner of Drummond Road and Dunn Street. Available for call-ahead pickup or delivery, 905-374-4400. Debit and credit accepted for both. You've tried the rest. It's time to try us. Carmine's Pizzeria Italiano. Attention job seekers. If you're currently looking for work in the Niagara region, you owe it to yourself to check out the services provided by the Niagara Employment Help Center, located at 6100 Thoroughstone Road, Niagara Falls. Free services include resource area open to the public, resume and cover letter writing, community resource and referral information, local labor market information, job search strategies, assistance with clarifying employment training and career goals, employment counseling and job search support, second career information and registration assistance, and check out our available workshops under our events calendar on our website for more details at www.ehc.on.ca, the Niagara Employment Help Center. Marcel Dion Inc. Come in and check out our store and meet Marcel Dion himself. We have wall-to-wall NFL, MLB, and NHL licensed products and all kinds of collectibles. We specialize in autographed sports memorabilia. If you don't see what you're looking for, just ask and we'll find it for you. So next time you need a great gift idea for that sports fanatic in your life, or you need to add to your own collection, come visit us first. You won't be disappointed. 905-357-7678, Marcel Dion Inc. Chip and Charlie's, it's where the locals go. Fun, friendly, and entertaining staff. You're not just a customer, you're family. Lots of TVs, amazing food, and always a great time. Open daily 11 a.m. to 2 a.m. Call 905-371-3428 for inquiries and reservations. Located at 8189 Lundy's Lane, Niagara Falls. Chip and Charlie's, it's where the locals go. Mid-City Motors Niagara, your premium source for pre-owned vehicles. Financing and leasing for all types of credit. Check them out at 4460 Drummond Road, Niagara Falls, or at mcmniagara.com. They are also happy to announce Mid-City Mechanic is now open. They can repair, maintain, and service all makes and models of vehicles. Conveniently located behind Mid-City Motors at Drummond Road and Perkins Street. They will be happy to help you keep your car on the road. 905-371-2277. That's Mid-City Motors and Mid-City Mechanic. 
You're listening to the Armchair GM Sports Network. Alright guys, welcome back to Straight to the Extra Point. This is your Week 5 NFL betting odds show and our Week 4 recap, which we just did in the first uh, part of the show. I'm here with my co-host Adam Dixon, a big Philadelphia Eagles fan, and you know he's a big Dallas Cowboys hater as well, it's for you uh, people out there listening. Anyways, so Adam, with that being said, you want to get into our Week 5 uh, betting odds? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Yes, so starting off with week five here, we've got the first game obviously uh, already happened. We'll recap that at the end. Uh, First Sunday game is the Indianapolis Colts on the road against the Kansas City Chiefs. The Chiefs are favored by 11 points and the over-unders 56.5, Adam. Yeah, uh, that's an interesting one. Um, I'm I'm curious to see what Indy's going to do this week. I'm going to take the over, I think. And I'll take the Colts. Okay, by the way, this is the Sunday night game, my bad. So this is the actually the Sunday night game this week. So you're going to take... Okay. Yeah, so you're going to take the Colts to uh, cover or cover the 11 points uh, as the underdogs. So Colts plus 11. Yeah. And the points were 56.5. Yeah, I, I think T.Y. is supposed to play. Um, which would be a, a huge plus for the offense. Kansas City's defense still has trouble stopping people, I think. And uh, obviously Mahomes is probably going to go wild. Yeah. Um, I'm picking Kansas City and the over in this game. Um, I think Kansas City is going to come out with a big performance. I'm still worried about what go, what's going on with Marlon Mack. I mean, he's questionable for the Colts. So, um, again, I'm just going to go with Kansas City. I think they're going to... Uh, cover the the eleven points and again after Indy lost to Oakland last week at home um, to say that they're going to go into Kansas City and come up with a good performance I don't know uh, the yeah, next well, game I guess that's what's going to happen I guess for them right now <laughs> yeah because Brissett's Brissett's a fine quarterback but you know probably a better backup uh, next, we got the Jacksonville Jaguars, oh, my favorite boy. team, on the road against the Carolina Panthers. The Panthers are favored by three and a half in this game, uh, with Kyle Allen starting at quarterback, and the points are forty and a half. Yeah, um, I mean this is this is another tough one. I think um, I, I think it'll be over, and I think I'm gonna take the Jags. I am all over Jacksonville in this game. I think they're going to – I think the fact that they're the underdogs here at 3.5, I like it a lot. I think they're going to outright win this game, not only cover. So I'm picking yep. Jacksonville uh, to cover the 3.5, and, and I'm going to take the under in this game because both these offenses still uh, don't know what, what to think of them. Uh, both have question marks. Uh, I don't know if Leonard Fournette's going to run for 225 yards again for you this week, Adam, in fantasy, oh, but okay. <laughs> we'll have to see what happens with that. Arizona and Cincinnati. Wow, what a game this is. Yeah, the battle of the cellar dwellers. Yeah, so uh, 
Shout-outs to Chico, who's going to be at this uh, atrocious game this week. Uh, the Bengals are favored by 3.5, and, and the points are 47.5 for this game. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know what? I'm going to take the over for sure. Uh, I think this may be an opportunity for Arizona to finally go big on offense, right? Yep. Like, Cincinnati's defense is not strong. You saw some of those blown assignments against Pittsburgh last week. Um, I'm actually going to take the Cardinals as well to cover the spread. I'm with you on Arizona to, to cover and possibly win this game. Uh, that's a, I think this is a good spot for them to maybe finally get a get their first W here. And But I'm going with the under because both these offenses have not shown me uh, any reason to say that they're going to be able to put up a bunch of points to cover uh, a point spread. So uh, I'm going with the under. I don't think these teams can put up 48 points, especially not Andy. I'm not going to put my faith in Andy Dalton to, to help you know help me here putting up a lot of points. So I'm on the under all day on this 48 points, but uh, yeah. I'm, I'm with you 100% on the Cardinals. Uh, next yeah. game, we've got the Atlanta Falcons at the Houston Texans. Uh, oh, boy. Two very underachieving teams. If you look at their rosters um, for what they could be achieving right now, Houston's favored by four, team, four, uh, by four points as the home team, and the total points is 50, Adam. What do you like? I I don't know, to be honest with you. I really, this is, I, I honestly have no idea. I mean, both teams have been, as you said, underachieving. Um, the question is, which one will, will step up? I, I kind of think the Falcons could have a good game. Um, hmm. I, I, I have to go with the home team, I guess. If I'm torn, home team, so I'll take the Houston Texans. And, uh, oh man. I don't even know. 50 points is a lot. It is a lot. Um, I, you know what, though? I'm going to take the over. Both, both defenses are susceptible, and both offenses can be very high powered. Yep. We could have a Julio Jones and DeAndre Hopkins showdown, which would be great for me and my fantasy team because I have both of them. So yeah. that would be nice. But, uh, man, I really wanted to go with Houston, but because you forced my hand and took Houston, I'm going to have to take Atlanta just to try to get the upper hand on you here. Wait, you're so, not going to pick your own team? I was not going to pick Atlanta in this in this game, to be honest like with you. It. I would never pick against the Eagles. Well, you got to remain unbiased on this show, Adam. I really want to go. I really want to go against Atlanta this week, just so that they can prove me wrong. And you know, if they lose, it's good for me for this uh, points pick'em show. And uh, if they win, you know, it'd be good for me. So it could be, you know, one way I'd be happy at least. But because you picked yeah. Houston, I got to pick Atlanta uh, plus four. Although I don't want to, and I'm picking the over because, like you said, both these teams have very uh, a potential to have very uh, high-powered offenses. So. Atlanta, we'll see if uh, this is the final nail in their coffin this week or if we continue to try to think that we have some hope in this NFC. Uh, so, yeah, you, you were on Houston. I'm on Atlanta, unfortunately, um, and we're both on the over. I want to give a quick shout-out yeah. to the Ridge Film House, licensed theater in the heart of beautiful Ridgeway, a truly unique movie-going experience. We've got a NFC South matchup between the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on the road against the New Orleans Saints. Uh, Tampa Bay's riding a high right now. Yeah. Uh, uh, what do you think of this game? The, yeah. Quickly, the Saints are favored by three, and the points are 46. 
Yeah, I mean, I think both teams have got to be riding the high. Like, the Saints are just beat, what was it, a 3-0 team uh, without their starting quarterback and without scoring a touchdown, right? And the Bucs just basically did the same thing. They beat a, they beat a what, a 3-0 team uh, on the road. So, I mean, both teams have got to be on a high. I, oh, man, I'm going to have to take the Bucs in this one. Wow. And I'm taking the uh, 46. Oh, man. I'm going to take the over. I mean, I, it's really hard to play in the Superdome, I think. You know, teams have trouble there. But that being said... It's a divisional um, game. It's a divisional game. The Bucks obviously coming off a huge offensive performance. And they've been pretty good at putting up so far. Apart from that first week, they've been pretty good. So, if they can get a kicker to kick them or to win them a game, they could have beat the Giants too. As well, yeah. um, I'm on New Orleans on this game at minus three, and I'm on the under at 46. I, I, I still, I was, you know, give Tampa all the credit last week. I still don't believe in Jameis Winston until he continues to put up, you know, some good games like together uh, in a stretch here. I'm still, I'm still never picking Tampa Bay. Uh, so I'm picking the Saints at home. Obviously, like you said, the Superdome is a very tough place to play for an opposing team. So I'm going to pick New Orleans, and I'm going to say the under because I don't know if Tampa Bay is going to be able to score in this New Orleans defense as we saw them shut down Dallas last week, who is another team that people expect to have a good offense. But I don't. at the same token, I don't expect New Orleans to put up a lot of offense either. So uh, I'm picking the under at 46. And uh, you're on Tampa Bay at plus three. I'm on New Orleans at minus three. It's it's only a field goal spread, so it's kind of tough, but uh, yeah. we'll have to see how that goes. Uh, next shout-out goes out to MNL Sports Cards on Drummond Road near McLeod Road for all your sports cards and gaming card needs. We've got, oh, man, this game is, I don't know what to think of this game. Minnesota Vikings, yeah. obviously, are the five-point favorites going into New York to face the Giants. The points are 43-and-a-half. Like, is this a slam dunk for Minnesota here, Adam? I don't think so. Um, again, they're on the road. I mean, look what happened last year when the Vikings went on the road to Buffalo. They were down 28 nothing by half, right? Buffalo and, was in Minnesota, That, uh, by the way. Oh, were they? Yeah. I thought Minnesota was in Buffalo last No. Year. Uh, well, okay, it doesn't matter. Either way, I, like, I don't think there are any slam dunks for the Vikings. for Because, I mean, their defense is very good, but they also... You know, I don't want to say they're not consistent, but they're definitely beatable, right? They're not like like the Bears have a very good defense that more often than not you can't beat, right? They're gonna hold everybody to few points. The Vikings will give up some points on defense, so so and the problem is their offense. What's their offense gonna do? Um, oh man. Um, I think I'm gonna take the over for sure. Forty-three and a half. And oh man, let's go with the Giants. Wow, the New York Football Giants. Adams yeah. taking with the five points as the underdog to cover. Yeah. I mean, I don't think it's a bad pick with all the. You know, with all the turmoil going on in Minnesota right now and the question marks about their offense, I mean, we all know that their defense, their front four is unbelievable. 
Um, and again, they're facing a rookie quarterback in Daniel Jones, which could uh, cause problems for him. But again, to take the Vikings on the road by five points with how they've been playing lately, uh, that's really, really tough. I mean, I'm going to take Minnesota, but I am not confident whatsoever with that pick. Um, yeah. And I could, I definitely understand why you're picking the Giants. Um, and again, this could easily be another letdown game for the Vikings and another uh, step in the right direction for Daniel Jones and the Giants. So again, yeah. I'm not confident at all with this Vikings pick, preface that, but I'm going to take them just for the sake of the show. Um, if I was betting, I would stay away from this game completely. Uh, I would not touch this game. Um, and I'm going to take the over. I feel like 43.5 is pretty low. Um, and I think these teams do put up some points. And I think maybe Kirk Cousins does throw the ball a little bit tomorrow. We'll have to see. Um, next game, uh, I want to give a shout-out to your good buddy, Dixon Accounting and Tax Services, 905-374-1503 or DixonAccounting.com. We've got the Chicago Bears traveling to Oakland to face the Oakland Raiders. The Bears are favored on the road by 5.5, and, and the points are 40.5. Adam, what do you like? Um, sorry, which one are we we're talking about? The, the Bears Raiders. and Raiders, yep. Yeah. Uh, I mean... The toughest thing here is it's in London, right? And the London games always end up being unpredictable. Oh, is this the London uh, game this week? I totally forgot about I, that. Yeah, it is, yeah. Okay, so they're not traveling to Oakland, beautiful Oakland, California. No. They're traveling to so, London, England. So, you know, Oakland, they only... So, last home game they played, they weren't going to play at home again until November. Um, that's because one of their home games here is in England. Um, so... Yeah, I mean it's it's a tough it's a tough one um, because who knows how well either team will travel, right? And it's it's a whole different preparation. They have to fly. Well, you got to think the Raiders. I mean, they played in Indianapolis, so maybe they went right from Indianapolis. So maybe it was a shorter flight, but I mean, still the travel, and then you're in London, and you know who knows? Guys may get up to stuff. I think last year guys were like. Out partying the night before the game, or something. There, there's something happened last year. Um, so for that reason, uh, I'm gonna take the Raiders to cover the spread. Um, actually, I'm gonna take the over too. Forty-one, and yeah, I'll take the over and I'll take the Raiders. Okay. Um, I agree with everything you said. Like, if I don't know if Oakland went back home first and then flew out, but that that's a very long flight uh, for them, regardless. And for them being on Pacific time, it still might you know mess up with the you know the their their timing because of you know they're in a different time zone and their sleep habits and things like that. But you know what actual time it is for them uh, with all the different uh, time zones they've had to go through. But uh, I think the sh- I'm still going to take the Bears in this game. Uh, I still think the Bears' defense will be able to shut down Oakland. Um, I mean, they had a good performance against Indy last week, but the Bears, I think, are an all-world defense, and I think it's going to be very difficult for Oakland to score points. Uh, Mitchell Trubisky, we don't know what's going on with the Bears' offense uh, either, so I'm taking the under in this game uh, because I don't trust either offense to get it done. Oakland's playing a very tough Chicago Bears defense. But at the same time, Chicago's offense is very shaky at this point, so I can't even trust them to put up points on Oakland's defense at this point. So I'm going with Chicago uh, to cover the minus 5.5. I think they win this game by 7 or 8. But I think it's going to be a very, very low-scoring game, maybe like a, like a, I don't know, 16-8 to 8 
or 16 to 6 type game or something like that. Like, I don't see this game being very high scoring at all. So uh, I'm actually the complete opposite as you. You're on Oakland at plus 5.5 and the over. I'm on Chicago at minus 5.5 and and the under 40.5 points. So it'll be an interesting interesting game in London. You never know what we're going to get from these London games. So it's kind of a crapshoot. Like you said, if the guys are out partying the night before, who knows? But we'll have to wait and see. Uh, we got a game I'll let you take over with the New York Jets on the road against your Philadelphia Eagles. The Eagles are favored by 14 points, and the points are 43.5, Adam. So what do you think about your Eagles here? I mean, I think I already said on the show I could never pick against the Eagles. Um, so right out of the gate, I'm just going to say I'm picking the Eagles. And I'm taking the, uh, well, jeez, let's say the, uh, no, I, let's take the under. Um, and the Eagles, they because what's the name Luke Folk or whoever it is is still starting for the Jets. I mean Philly's just gonna absolutely destroy them at home. You think you don't Philly, think fourteen points is too high? No, the the Philly defense plays much better at home, as you were well aware. Um, huh, huh, huh. <laughs> the offense is just gonna light up the Jets defense. I mean, the Jets, uh, I don't even know. They're they're another one of these teams that just is looking dead. <laughs> Unfortunately, like, with the Sam Darnold injury and... Yeah. Or not injury, yeah. mono, whatever it was. And it kind of sucks. There's so many teams that just look like they're already out of it. Yeah, and the Jets... It, it's sad for the Jets because they had high hopes. It seems like they were a team that was trending in the right direction and they've just had a lot of bad things. Uh, yeah happened for them already this season and it, it's a yeah, shame people, but people were kind of split between them and the bills on which one was gonna start challenging the patriots for the division yep i mean um, obviously they have levy on bell but like you said like what's the situation at quarterback there like can you even trust this guy at all i i mean on the road against philadelphia there's no way i can and even though it's 14 points i still have to take the eagles here there's like there's just no reason for me. The Jets are giving me no reason to think that they're going to be able to hold around in this game on the road. So um, I'll take Philadelphia and I'll take the over. Uh, the over 43.5 points. I think the Eagles probably win this game like maybe 35 10 or something like that. That's yeah. my prediction. I think the Eagles are going to have a field day. Um, Deshaun Jackson is still out, but I think they still, you know, have some weapons and the running game has gotten going, so we'll have to see how the yeah. Eagles do. But I'm confident uh with the unbiased pick, unlike you with the Eagles. I think they're uh I think they're still gonna to you know, pretty much uh, roll past the Jets in this game. Yeah. I mean uh, I think any rational football fan would have to pick the Eagles here. Yeah. Uh, next, we've got the Baltimore Ravens going into Pittsburgh to play the Steelers, which is usually a very good and competitive game to watch. Uh, but obviously, these things have happened with the Steelers, and they look pretty much out of it this year. But you never know. It's a divisional game, and these uh, two big hated rivals. Uh, Baltimore's favored by 3.5 on the road after getting smoked by Cleveland at home. And the total points are 44, Adam. So uh, what do you think of this game? Uh, I mean, again, this is I think this is another tough tough one to call um i i want to take the ravens i think um just because they're they're gonna want to prove something after last week um i'm assuming so last week they, they played without their big uh defensive tackle there uh brandon williams and he's like a, a no a run stuffer extraordinaire 
which is why the Browns were able to move the ball on the ground. I think if, if he's playing tomorrow and he's uh, plugging up lanes there, the Steelers may have trouble running the ball as well as they did against the Bengals. And I don't know if Mason Rudolph can throw. Really, I, I don't know. You don't see, you haven't seen much of it yet. So I have to take the Ravens and uh, um, over under. I take the under. Under forty four. Yeah. Okay. Uh, like you just said, there's no reason for me to think that Mason Rudolph's going to be able to uh, put up a good performance yet. I mean, he hasn't been able to show much that like he's like he beat the Bengals last week but I mean it's it's the Bengals but there's just he hasn't shown that level of progression yet for me to be able to say that they're going to be able to to have that a high-powered offense with James Conner and Juju Smith-Schuster there's no reason for me to trust this offense yet and Baltimore's defense is probably going to be looking for a bounce back performance after laying up a 40 spot to Cleveland last week so I think Baltimore comes out here and uh, pretty much puts it on the Steelers here and their division rivals um, at Heinz Field in Pittsburgh. So I'm going to take the Ravens here. Uh, it's a tough over-under. I mean, 44 for these teams. I mean, Baltimore's offense, you know, could sometimes play great, could sometimes, you know, have a stinker. And we don't know about... Pittsburgh's defense is, is pretty solid. I mean, they're not yeah. great, but, you know, they're a good young defense there. So yeah. they, they could shut them down. So it's a tough 44 points. Um... But since you went under, I'm going to go over. Right. So uh, I'll go with the over in this game. I'll, but I I can totally respect the under pick here because it's it's a tough it's a tough one with those two offenses. Um, next, we've got a game that um, I think I don't know if the betting odd has uh, switched either way, but it is confirmed that Josh Allen uh, has cleared concussion protocol and will start for the Buffalo Bills this week. On the road playing the Tennessee Titans coming off a big win in Atlanta last week. The Titans are still favored by three at home, and the over-under is 38.5, Adam. What do you like here? Um, well, with Josh Allen playing, I think it changes it a little bit. Um, well, not too much, but a little bit. Um, I think under for sure. Um, between the Bills and the Texans, or the Titans, I mean, the Titans don't have, like, a, as good a defense as the Bills, but their their defense is pretty good. And obviously the Bills have an unbelievable defense. Um, I, I have a feeling that uh, the Titans are really going to struggle to move the ball against them. So, definitely going with the under, and then, oh man, I think I'll take the Bills. On the road, yeah. Bills and under. Yep. I mean, I, I can't disagree with you, especially with three-point underdog for Buffalo on the road uh, with how good of a performance they put up against New England last week. Like you said, both these defenses are very good. Um, I think Bill, the Bills' defense is better. But Tennessee, obviously, with Mike Vrabel as their head coach, he has a pretty good defensive system for them with uh, Dory Jackson and, and a few of the other uh, really good uh, DBs that they have as well. I think Tennessee is a very good defense, uh, as I saw uh, firsthand last week uh, playing my Falcons. But uh, I like the Bills on the road, though, still with Josh Allen at quarterback. I definitely like them to cover the three points. But I'm with you. I don't think that it's going to be a very high-scoring game. Uh, It's going to be very low-scoring. It's going to be close to the end, maybe like a 16-14 type game. Um, Or maybe, you know, actually, yeah, because I'm taking the Bills anyway. So 
Um, I could see it being like a field goal type game, uh, very defensive, probably a very boring game, to be honest with you. Like you said, Tennessee is not the most exciting team to watch in the league. So, and who knows how limited defense stay away from this game. Yeah. And who knows what, uh, how much, how limited Josh Allen's going to be with his running. And if he's even going to have a full, uh, like if he's even going to throw the ball a lot, or they're just going to run the ball, uh, with the running backs and Frank Gore and, who knows, but I just think it's going to be a very low-scoring, boring game. I'm taking the Bills at the underdog at plus three and the under um, with you at 38.5, so uh, all of the Bills on this one. Uh, might as well give our last shout-out since uh, it's his team to Steinhouse Construction, 905-359-8897. Steinhouse Construction on Instagram and steinhouseconstruction at gmail.com. That's probably the most positive thing I'm going to say about uh, the Washington Redskins <laughs> and Louie uh, for this week. Um, if I didn't already pick the Patriots, uh, in my, uh, survivor pool, uh, this would be my pick of the week this week. I mean, New England's going on the road playing the Redskins 15 and a half points. Give me 30 points and I'm taking New England. Uh, I'm all over New England and I'm all over the over on this game at 42 and a half. Yeah. I mean, I don't even think there's anything else to say. I 100% agree with both those picks. (laughs) I mean, yeah, and the the only thing I, I'm a little anxious about is the over. Who knows if Washington will even score against the pass? That's true. Um, that's the only question I would have. I have no question the Pats will beat them by 16 points. So yeah, yeah you know what? Well, yeah, Pats and over. All right, it's got to be the easiest pick of the week by far. <laughs> but can I say one thing quickly before we go to the four o'clock games? Sure. I absolutely loathe. Look at all these 1 o'clock games. There's 10 1 o'clock games. And there's two 4 o'clock games. Why? That's what I mean. So if, if your team's playing 1 o'clock, you're not going to get to see anything else. Like, the Eagles are on a 1. I'm not going to get to watch the Bucks Saints, Raven Steelers, Bill. I would like to watch Bill's Titans, even the Vikings Giants, Falcons Texans. There's a lot of good games on at 1 o'clock, but I can't watch any of them because I'm going to be watching the Eagles trounce the Jets. <laughs> some of these games should be at 4 o'clock. Well, maybe if the Eagles are beating the the Jets by, you know, 28 points at halftime, maybe you can change over to one of these other games. Yeah. But I agree with you. I don't know what the deal is with the, the low amount of 4 o'clock games this week. I mean, Oakland, obviously, that would be a 4 o'clock game if it wasn't in London. Um, but I'm looking at the rest of these games, and it just it seems like there really isn't a lot of West Coast uh, home teams this week. Uh, obviously, Seattle and L.A. Rams, yeah. excuse me, would have been one, but they played on Thursday night. So I just think I it was the way that the schedule. Yeah. I think it was just the way that the schedule played out. That there's only two four o'clock games this week, which is yeah. pretty incredible. I I had no idea till you mentioned it, but it's a great point to bring up that there's all these one o'clock games and. There really isn't much at 4 o'clock uh, besides these two games that we're going to cover now, and this game looks like a real stinker too. I mean, this Denver Broncos going into L.A. Uh, LA uh, place the Chargers here. Uh, the Chargers are favored by 6.5, and, and the points are 44.5. I mean, Denver's giving you no reason here to even stand a chance with the way they've been playing this year. No, I, I think it's going to be a real bad game just overall. Yeah. Uh, at least the other 4 o'clock game is good because I doubt I'll watch any of this Chargers-Broncos game. <laughs> um, I guess, you know, you got to take the Chargers. Um, now, the question is the over-under at 44.5. Yeah, that seems high. Um, 
but yeah, you know, I'll, I'll take the over, I guess. Yeah, it's fair. Um, <laughs> I mean, who knows? It's it's not going to be a great game. No. That's that's probably the game I would least want to watch this entire week. Yeah, that seems like a game that, like, you know, know. every other game seems to have something, like, has some intrigue, has something I can get, I can enjoy watching. This game just looks like a dud. Yeah, and especially it being one of the two games at 4 o'clock, it just, it makes it that much worse, to be honest. Like, it gives you nothing to look forward to uh, for the 4 o'clock, and you basically have to watch America's Game of the Week. But with Denver, uh, with Bradley Chubb being out for the rest of the year, the Broncos' defense... I mean, which is usually very good, but I'm going to take the Chargers in the over. I think Melvin Gordon is finally going to get most of the, or he's he's not going to be limited with his snaps this week, and probably get the full playbook uh, with the routes and everything, and uh, full complimentary of snaps. So, I saw I saw they still they were going to use Austin Eckler still this week as their uh, their main back. I heard that it was going to be more of a split. But either way, uh, Melvin Gordon's still going to... He's not going to be completely limited to his snaps, so they're still no. going to find ways to use him, even if, if it's, you know, catching out the backfield or something like that. But, I mean, regardless, they're going to run all over him anyways. Yeah, exactly. So Chargers, minus 6.5. Adam and I are both over that um, on that and over on the 44.5 for the points as well. And uh, like we said, the last game on Thursday... Or not Thursday. On Sunday at 425, Mer- America's Game of the Week. And I say that with quotation marks because obviously you have the Dallas Cowboys, America's team, playing in it. Uh, they're flavored by 3.5 points against Green Bay at home. And the points are 47, Adam. Yeah. Um, I, uh, you know, this should actually be a good game. Uh, looking forward to that. Um the I think this is a hard one to pick too because they're both coming off tough losses. Um, but I'm going to take the Packers, and I'm going with the over. Okay. Uh, I have concerns about the Dallas offense, and everyone was talking about you know Kellen Moore, the Wonderkind. Look at him; He's, they just dropped 50 points on the Dolphins. Like, who cares? Like they they played a good defense last week. And they had no answers, right? And the only thing that might save them against the Packers, the Packers have atrocious run defense, and Dallas can move the ball on the ground. Um, it's going to be a good game. I see it being the final score being like 27-24 for the Packers. Yeah, I mean, I agree with what you just said. I'm taking the Packers as well to cover the 3.5. I think they're going to outright win this game, uh, like you said. Uh, but I'm going, I'm going to go with... The did you say you went with the over or the under forty seven? I went with the over. <clears throat> okay, I'm going to go with the under here because, like you said, um, Dallas's offense. We'll have to see how they they um, how they bounce if they're able to bounce back from last week's performance. Um, Green Bay's offense is still uh, question marks for me with Matt Lafleur and Aaron Rodgers. I don't know how they're exactly clicking yet. Um, I know they're going to be without their change of pace back, Jamal Williams, this week, uh, who has basically been splitting snaps with Aaron Jones, so we'll have to see how that goes. But I'm with you on Green Bay. I just I don't know about the points, so I'm taking the under 47. Um, right. And before that, and again, that's the only game to watch at 4 o'clock, like you said. That's a pretty pretty good point about all these 1 o'clock games. Yeah. Um, I want to give the last shout-out to Benny Mino Meats, a premium line of meats from Niagara Sausage, 40 Ridge Road, Welland, custom curing available, hashtag you bring the bread. Monday night game, Cleveland Browns traveling to San Francisco to face the 49ers. Uh, the 49ers are actually favored at home, 
uh, by four points with uh, the over-under being 46.5, Adam. So what do you think about the undefeated San Francisco 49ers with porn star Jimmy Garoppolo at quarterback? Yeah, that game's going to be great, I think. that's I'm looking forward to that game a lot. Uh, the 49ers, I imagine, are going to look good coming off a of bye. Um, something, something I like a lot about their offense, it's not overly dependent on one guy, right? They spread the ball around a lot. I think last game, Jimmy Garoppolo threw the ball to 10 different receivers or something. Like, it's some absurd number like that. Is that many guys got touches? Um, and it's something I really like about their offense. I, I don't think Cleveland's going to have an answer for them. Um, so I think definitely taking the Niners. And I guess I'll, I'll take the over. But it's, oh, man. That's the only thing I don't like is the over-under. Yeah, uh, you know what? I'll, I'll take the oh, under. You take the under 46 and a half? Yeah. <clears throat> okay. Um, and again, I've been on San Francisco through the first uh, four weeks of the season. I picked them almost every week, I think. Uh, I picked them in my survivor pool. I think that they're going to have a really good bounce back year. And I like the way that porn star Jimmy has been playing. But yeah. I'm going against San Francisco this week. Uh, oh. It might bite me. <laughs> I've been going with San Fran all year, but I'm going against them this week. I think Cleveland is going to go in there and get the job done. They had a good performance against Baltimore last week, and they need to continue to show people that they are actually the real deal uh, that everybody hyped them up to be. Uh, Going out to the West Coast is going to be tough for them, but um, being on the Monday night game, they have an extra day. So I think Cleveland to prepare. So I think I'm going to take Cleveland here at plus four. Maybe they don't win the game outright, but maybe they only lose by a field goal. So I think four points is a lot. in this instance, and I'm going to take Cleveland to cover. Uh, you said the under 46. Now, this is a really tough over-under. Uh, I'm going to take the over. All right. I just, uh, I like both the way both offenses are playing. Tevin Coleman might be back for San Francisco this week, which might help them put up some more points. And obviously, Cleveland, they should get Odell Beckham uh, more touches this week, so we'll have to see how that goes. More uh, more targets, I mean. But uh, So yeah, I'm going with over 46.5 for Cleveland. You're on San Francisco in the under, so that one should be interesting. I don't think we will tie this week, luckily. We had a lot of different uh, different picks this week, so we'll have to see how that goes uh, going into next week. But, uh, Adam, who is – I know you, you've died twice already, but I'm going to continue to give you a survivor pick every week. Who you got? Uh, oh, man. This is a tough one. There's a lot of good games, I think, this week. Um, but since I, I am not under threat, cause as you said, I've already lost twice, so I can be a little risque with my picks. <laughs> um, I am going to take the, uh, let's go with the Cardinals. Ooh, the Arizona Cardinals against the Bengals. Yep. On the road, do you think Arizona finally gets it done to, uh, to start the year with their new offense? Yep. Okay. I think so. I think, you know, they, they're playing against a weaker Cincy squad. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think it's their turn to win. And I uh, think... Yeah. Sorry? No, that, that's it. I just think okay. they're going to have a great game. I think they're going to win. And like I said, I'm not going to pick, like, the Pats or the Eagles because it's... Uh, I've already I've already died, so that's fine on the survivor side. 
So I'm going to make a, a pick that I think is probably going to happen. Okay. Well, um, you're going to love my pick. I'm going with the Philadelphia Eagles. Oh, my God. That would uh, be the easiest pick of all time. I haven't picked the Eagles yet this year, and I probably won't ever pick them again because I don't trust them against any other teams that are pretty good. So um, I, I expect them to thrash the New York Jets at home this week, although they put up a pretty big stinker against the Detroit Lions a few weeks ago at home. I'm hoping for a, not a replication of that this week. And if the Eagles knock me out this week, Adam, uh, we're going to have big problems next week uh, for the show. So... But uh, I'm going with the Eagles. Not a chance you lose on this pick. You 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 wanna you wanna like you know give me some certainty on that. I'd say there's about a hundred percent chance they win that game. I hope so. So uh, the spread still is is to be determined. But I'm going with the Eagles outright to win this game. Um, yep. I was. <laughs> I was thinking about if I had hadn't already taken the Patriots. I believe I took them already. I would have taken them. And you sent me a pretty funny thing from NFL meme. Said, "Y'all be careful out here." My homie had two Redskins tickets on the console. They broke in the car and left four more. <laughs> oh, that's pretty funny. <clears throat> that's pretty good. So yeah, that's pretty much I, sums up what the Redskins are going to do this week against New England. I, I can't believe I'm going to see a freaking Redskins game this year. Yeah, well, you guys are all going to each other's games, so we'll have to see how that goes against the Bills. But for this week alone, if uh, if you're in a survivor pool and you really want to pick New England, or you haven't picked New England yet, this might be you know your easiest slam dunk of the week uh, to pick them on the road against the Redskins. But uh, that, the other easiest game of the week is probably me taking the Eagles over the Jets. But again, I don't think I'm going to pick the Eagles much this year, so I might as well pick them when I can. So... Adam's got Arizona since he's just going off on a limb with the, uh, you know, since he's already uh, lost twice, going with the Arizona Cardinals on the road against the Bengals, and I'm going with Philadelphia at home against the Jets for the survivor picks. So we're going to take our last commercial break here and quickly come back with some fantasy player injury news and notes. So we'll be right back here on the Armchair GM Sports Network. The Blue Line Diner is Niagara's leading breakfast restaurant. Great food, great service, and where else can you see one of the NHL's greatest players having coffee and conversation with patrons? Of course, Marcel Dion Inc. is located directly next door, and Marcel is always in and out of the restaurant, talking to the kids and the fans that walk through the doors. Open Tuesday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 2 p.m., and Saturday and Sunday, 8 a.m. to 1.30 p.m. 289-296-8785, the Blue Lion Diner, located on Montrose Road, Niagara Falls. Simply Fit Health Club. Real 24-hour access, 7 days a week. Located at 6595 Drummond Road, Niagara Falls. A clean, modern facility with top-of-the-line equipment, a friendly and non-judgmental environment, free Wi-Fi, ample parking, and more. Come in and tour their facility anytime during their office hours, 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. Monday through Friday, Saturday 9 a.m. to 6 p.m., and Sunday 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. Don't hesitate to stop in. No appointment necessary. They take pride in helping their members reach their health and fitness goals at their convenience and for the best possible price. For only $9.99 bi-weekly, members will get access to the state-of-the-art facility any day, anytime. What are you waiting for? It's simply fit. There are no excuses, only results. Come see for yourself, 289-296-9535 or info at simplyfithealthclub.com. Simply Fit Health Club. Mick and Angelo's Niagara Falls' premier sports kitchen and bar. We're all about food, friends, and fun. Catch the game with us and grab a delicious bite to eat while enjoying a cold beer. 
bus trips to sporting events, live music performances, and sports pools throughout the year. Open daily 11 a.m. to midnight and 11 a.m. to 1 a.m. on Fridays and Saturdays. Michelangelo's, Niagara Falls' premier sports kitchen and bar. Canadian Wrestling Figure Store. Check out their website at cwf.ecwid.com for the best selection in Canada for WWE elites, basics, and exclusive action figures. Free Canada-wide shipping on any order over $200. Enter the code ARMCHAIR at checkout so they know that we sent you to receive 10% off your order. Once again, that's Canadian Wrestling Figure Store at cwf.ecwid.com. Attention employers! Finding the right candidate to meet your hiring needs requires more than just posting an advertisement and waiting for a suitable candidate to apply. Let the Niagara Employment Help Center save you valuable time and money by making your hiring process easier. Free job postings. Fill job vacancies quickly and efficiently. Access to a bank of potential employees. Reduce employment costs. All candidates will be pre-screened. Job trials and placement incentives. And financial assistance may be applicable to offset the cost of training. Again, this Niagara Employment Help Center, located at 6100 Thorldstone Road, Niagara Falls. www.ehc.on.ca You're listening to the Armchair GM Sports Network. Alright guys, welcome to the final segment of today's Straight to the Extra Point episode. This is our Week 5 Betting Odds, Week 4 Recap, and this is our Fantasy Player News and Notes uh, segment to end the show today. So Adam, we've got uh, a few um, injuries to report today for Fantasy. Um, We'll start off with the outs. We've got Tyler Croft for the Bills. Tight end has been ruled out. Uh, For your Philadelphia Eagles, Deshaun Jackson still dealing with that abdomen injury. He is ruled out for this week, unfortunately. Um, Any news on, you know, uh, when you expect him to be back? I have no idea. It's it's so weird that he's had this injury. I I don't don't know. It just feels weird, and hopefully he's back soon. Yeah, I mean. It's it's a whole different – we have – you know, the Eagles have a good enough offense already, and you add him in, just another dimension. Yep. I mean, he's, he, he had 31 points in, for fantasy uh, in week one, and then he hasn't played since. So, again, yeah. like you said, it brings another dynamic to the Eagles' offense that I think they've been missing since he's been gone. So uh, he's projected to play next week against Minnesota, so we'll have to see how that goes. But um, yeah. he, he's been ruled out for this week, but again, it's against the Jets, so I don't really think they need him this week. Uh, Vernon Davis, tight end for the Redskins, been ruled out with a concussion. Drew Brees uh, still out uh, with his thumb injury. Everybody expected him to still be out for a few more weeks. Hunter Henry has officially been ruled out uh, for the uh, tight end for the Los Angeles Chargers. He's still dealing with a knee injury. Uh, ben Watson for the New England Patriots has been ruled out for an undisclosed injury. Uh, they just said he won't play. I'm sure uh, that was a, a great uh, nugget that Bill Belichick gave in a press conference about what his injury was. I'm sure he gave nothing to the reporters to report on. Um, <laughs> probably gave nothing at all. Had nothing at all. Sam Darnold still out with mono. Uh Christian Kirk for the Arizona Cardinals has been ruled out with an ankle injury. 
Um, they said that he's projected to play week six against the Falcons, but for this week uh, traveling to Arizona, he's not with the team. So he's not playing. Saquon Barkley still with an ankle injury, although, uh, like I said earlier in the show, apparently he is progressing a lot better and is uh, way ahead of schedule than everybody thought he would be originally. There was even talks him playing this week. I think that's crazy to want to rush back a guy like that. I don't know about you. Yeah, I, I'm, like, I'm just shocked he's recovered that quickly. Yeah. That he was even in the mix for this week. Yeah, I mean, you you saw last week against the Buccaneers two weeks ago, he was, you know, hobbling around when they won that game on, on crutches. So uh, he just seems like a real trooper. But you don't want to rush your franchise back like that that early and have a high risk of another injury. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to do it, though, the time would be now, right? You, they they flipped the script on their season from 0-2 to 2-2. Two two. Yeah, there's right, a, so <clears throat> there's a want, much different they, feel. Yeah. Much different feel with Daniel Jones at quarterback. Uh, like we said earlier, Mitch Trubisky has been ruled out with a shoulder injury. Uh, we're not sure how many weeks he's going to be out for, but for now, um, they're on a bye week next week, so he's for sure out against Oakland this week. And then we'll see how he is coming out of the bye going into week seven against New Orleans. Um, Jordan Reed has been ruled out with a concussion for Washington. What else is new? The guy can't stay on the field healthy. Uh, Taylor Gabriel also has a concussion after uh, coming up with that great three-touchdown performance against the Redskins a week prior uh, and then got injured with a concussion. Uh, He was out last week against Minnesota, and he will be out this week again. And then the Bears are on a bye next week, so maybe he could be cleared for a few weeks when they go and play New Orleans as well. Same with Mitch Trubisky, so we'll have to see uh, if they get those two guys back for a big game against New Orleans. A.J. Yeah. Green has been still ruled out with an ankle injury. He's expected to be uh, out at least through week six, so he's uh, on schedule to miss another week at this point. Um, and they do play next week against Baltimore, so he's projected to not play in that game as well. Uh, this is a big one. Devontae Adams has been ruled out with a toe injury against yeah. the Cowboys. He was injured late in that game last week against the Eagles where he put up 180 yards receiving with no touchdowns. Uh, I think that that was pretty shocking. But, uh, Adam, what do you think? Is this going to affect a lot of people's fantasy lineups with Devontae out this week? I mean, it's already affected mine. I'm <laughs> swapping out Devontae Adams for, I don't know, DJ Chark or something. Oof. So it's, not, it's not looking good for me. No. So uh, the Adams it, owners. It's worse news for the, for the Packers. Yeah. Right, like, look at what happened when, when he wasn't on the field. They couldn't put the ball in the end zone, right? Twice. Yep. So, and he, I don't, I don't even know. It's gonna be tough. Gonna be tough for them. Yep. I mean, at least they probably knew this week and they prepped for for a game without him. But I don't know. It looks like Valdez, Scantling, and uh, Geronimo are gonna have to pick it up this week. I don't know. So, I guess the Cowboys will have to see. Yeah. Uh, Brashad Perriman, who I didn't even know played for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, uh, he is uh, ruled out with a hamstring injury. Uh, they said, look for Bobo Wilson and Scott Miller to split reps as the third wide receivers for Tampa Bay. So for those yeah. people that you probably have on your fantasy team, all i got to say is <laughs> good luck. Uh, next, Kenyon Barner, the Falcons kick returner and a backup running back or third string running back has been ruled out with a knee injury. Uh, he hasn't done much of anything anyway, so thank God. Uh, Rex Burkhead for the New England Patriots has been ruled out. Uh, this is uh, new. He's been ruled out with a foot injury. Um, no, <laughs> no much news, not much more news given by Bill Belichick as to be expected, but yeah. he has just been ruled out, uh, and I'm sure it won't affect him this week if he has to sit out since they're playing the no, Redskins this week. So not. they probably no. just said, take a seat, kid. We'll, we'll use you next week. <laughs> yeah. 
Tyreek Hill continues to be out with his uh, with his shoulder injury. Uh, he's projected to be out one more week. He's, he's uh, on track to return week six against Houston. So uh, we'll have to see how that goes uh, for Tyreek Hill. It would be a huge uh, return for Kansas City and for fantasy owners all around fan, uh, NFL fantasy football community. So uh, looks like one more week without Tyreek, and then we'll have to see how uh, limited he is uh, coming back next week. Uh like I said earlier, Jamal Williams running back for the Packers had been rolled out with a concussion. He was splitting time with Aaron Jones, so their third stringer by the name of Dexter Williams will be active as the backup running back this week if you really need a flyer uh, this week. And going out into some of the more recent injuries, Sammy Watkins is questionable with a shoulder injury. Brandon Cooks is questionable with a concussion. Or, sorry, he was already, he already played, so but apparently he's been placed in concussion protocol, so we'll have to see how that affects him going into Week 6 against San Francisco. Uh, Bayard for Arizona is questionable with a hamstring. Juju's questionable with a toe. Um, he should be treated as a lower-end wide receiver, too, if he's, una- if he's ultimately available to suit up from uh, Yahoo Sports, so take that with a grain of salt. Also, a lot of injuries for Pittsburgh. I mean, Vance McDonald's also questionable with a shoulder injury. So I think our pick of, you know, t- saying that that Baltimore – or you, your pick of that Baltimore-Pittsburgh game and going under is probably a good uh, thing at this point if Juju and Vance McDonald are questionable and are, are somewhat injured right now. So um, that's something to keep aware of if you're a Pittsburgh Steelers owner uh, of some players on their team. Uh, Kenny Stills is questionable with a hamstring. Case Keenum is questionable with a foot. If anybody cares, he's not even starting this week. Um, Devin Singletary, who I know you're really high on, has been out for a few weeks now. He is uh, questionable with his uh, hamstring injury still. Uh, He's going to be a game-time decision, apparently, according to Yahoo Sports. Uh, Singletary snaps figure to be limited in what's shaping up to be a three-back committee with Frank Gore. Um so we'll have to see how that goes. Uh, would you? I know you're a Singletary owner, but even if he was uh, said that, even if they said that he was going to play, would you stay away from starting him this week? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, um, it's a tough one against a good run defense in Tennessee. So, yep, I'd, I'd avoid him this week, anyways. Yeah, I don't blame you. Uh, other notable ones: Mike Williams for the char- or for the Chargers, who I know you're also very high on. He is questionable with a back injury. Um, he. Apparently that he will suit up. Uh, he, he said, "I'm playing. I'm solid." So we'll have to see how uh, if he's limited at all with any uh, snaps uh, for the Chargers. He missed last week's game against Miami, which I'm sure they really didn't need him anyway. Um, sorry, that was uh, that was Mike Williams, and then Travis Benjamin as well for the Chargers um, is questionable with his hip injury. So a few few wide receivers for the Chargers are questionable, but both are expected Don, to play. Dontrell, uh, Dontrell Inman, too, right? Yep. He's out, right? So uh-huh. That's going to be a tough one for them. <laughs> um, if anybody cares about Demarius Thomas anymore for the Jets, uh, he's questionable with a hamstring. What else is new? He's looking good, yeah. but I don't know if his stats are going to look good. Uh, that's one thing. Uh, you were saying earlier, Michael Gallup for the Dallas Cowboys. He said he's good to go for Sunday's matchup uh, with his knee injury. Uh, he's fully expected to suit up after missing two games, but is still listed as questionable and is still uh, not operating at 100%. So they're saying approach him as a wide receiver four going into this week. So it's a tough play. And yeah, definitely. Uh, Damian Williams. I have one pool. I would love to play him. Yeah, but if the upside just doesn't yeah. seem there this week. Uh, Damian yeah. Williams, the running back for the Kansas City Chiefs, has a knee injury. He's questionable. 
Uh, Andy Reid that said that the plan for now is for Williams to suit up. Still, it's uh, surprising to see Williams even having an injury designation after practicing in full all week. So it's always weird with them like naming what kind of in- if they're questionable, probable. It's just like sometimes they just put guys out if they just take a day off or practice, or it's just you never really know yeah. what's going on with these uh, these injury labels. So, uh, like we said earlier, yeah. Marlon Mack is questionable with an ankle injury. He's expected to play, but we'll have to see uh, if he's going to be limited like last week because that uh, really hurt a lot of us fantasy owners. Yeah, definitely. And a few more notable ones here at the end just coming in recently. T.Y. Hilton is questionable with quadricep injury. Um, He left the game against the Falcons uh, two weeks ago, didn't play against Oakland last week. Um, He managed to practice in a limited capacity, shaping up for a true game-time decision. So... um, have a backup plan if you plan on playing T.Y. Hilton and changing your lineup last second when you uh, go on uh, the Fox the Fox channel and see Jay Glazer going, hey, uh, T.Y. Hilton is uh, ruled out for this game. So <laughs> got to love little little Jay Glazer. Uh, he's a pretty funny-looking yeah. guy, but uh, always giving you your last-minute uh, ins and outs. So that might be one of the ones for to watch with T.Y. Hilton. Make sure you have a backup plan if he doesn't play. And yeah. the, the last two, we're going to talk about Julian Edelman as a chest injury for the New England Patriots. He's questionable. Um, he played through his uh, played through it on week four. He only had seven targets and four receptions for 30 yards. So they might limit him again this week because they're playing the Redskins. So they might not really need him in full capacity anyway. So Julian Edelman might be somebody to stay away from this week if they're not really going to use him 100%. Yeah. And lastly, Tevin Coleman for the San Francisco 49ers. Looks like he's finally back this week uh, from his ankle injury. He was limited at practice on Friday, but he's been out for three weeks, and it would make an obvious, uh, the backfield an obvious situation to avoid with the 49ers potentially turning out a four-man committee. Adam, what do you think about the San Francisco four-man committee at running back? Yeah, I mean, that's, a, that's what I was saying earlier, right? Like, they get it to a lot of different people. So, I mean, it's tough for fantasy. Uh, but it's it's clearly been good for them, right? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's the same thing with the Patriots, really. I mean, like, which Patriots guy do you trust on a weekly basis? Because they just seem like it's just different every single week. I know, yeah. yeah. And uh, last note of the whole day, Kareem Hunt. Yes, Kareem Hunt, uh-huh. the Athletics. Jay Glazer, shout-outs to him who we just talked about, is to be used in a change-of-pace role when he returns from suspension. So apparently uh, Hunt is still five weeks away from returning. Uh, He isn't a threat to steal the starting job from Chubb, but Hunt eventually could play his way into high-volume chances, uh, high-chance role. I mean, he he definitely will if they make a playoff push. Yeah, later in the season. It's projected week 10 that he's supposed to start to get some points, so we'll have to see how that goes. But those are some last-minute fantasy uh, news and notes, player injuries for you guys. for tomorrow's lineup uh, if you are having some issues or questions about who you should play and who you should sit or if you should have a backup plan for somebody. So, so Adam, I don't know about you, but I think uh, we've had a pretty good discussion today, but I think it's uh, both yeah. time to wrap up the show today. Yeah, the only the only one I didn't hear was Golden Tate coming oh, yes. back from suspension. Yes, Golden Tate is back this week from suspension. I apologize. So. He he missed the first four weeks of the season, so that could be a very high-volume play uh, for the Giants. We'll have to see how him and Daniel Jones' uh, chemistry develops, and Golden Tate's yeah. always a guy to, to start in a PPR league because he's always in the slot getting those you know receptions for five or ten yards, and he's basically the safety blanket in any offense. Right. Yeah, so, exactly. But he might be a decent play this week. Uh, we'll have to see how that goes, but 
Anyways, folks, I think that's most likely going to wrap it up for today's episode of Straight to the Extra Point right here on the Armchair GM Sports Network, your source for North American sports coverage by sports fans for sports fans, delivered to you right here in the Niagara region. And as always, I'm one of your hosts of Straight to the Extra Point, Cappy. You can follow me on Twitter at Caputs13 with a Canadian Z. And all the links how you can follow us will be in the description below of this video on whichever one of our many platforms you're listening to us right now. Thanks again, as always, to my co-host Adam for the discussion today and uh, his great uh, insight and hot takes on certain teams and players, certain divi- uh, divisions in NCAA, apparently, as well. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, thanks, man. Yep. And, uh, good, good luck to your uh, fantasy teams this week. Hopefully they get back on track this week. Yeah, you as well. We haven't yeah. played each other yet. I know. And my team's looking pretty it's rough, too. Weeks. My team got smoked by your brother last week. I didn't. Even, I think it was the biggest loss I've ever... I think I lost by 130 points. But luckily, my whole team played bad last week, so that means they all got to play good this week, right? Yeah, they got to flip it. Exactly. And uh, hopefully Marlon Mack plays for us this week. <laughs> we'll have to see how that goes. But a big thank you to all of our great sponsors who all put us on and support our network but keep the show on the air. And finally, to you viewers out there for tuning in and listening along with us for this episode. And this has been Straight to the Extra Point, your October 5th, 2019 edition, Week 5 Betting Odds, Week 4 Recap, right here on the Armchair GM Sports Network by sports fans, for sports fans. See you next time.